Hello there. This is Barb and Vicki G. A mother and daughter reunited after 30 years. Welcome to our podcast. Season two, new and improved with fabulous guests. Joining us to discuss how we've all become stronger in the broken places. <laughs> you fit that in beautifully, Barb. Why, thank you, Vicki. Most of my life had been spent doing terrestrial work, doing land work, working with watersheds and rivers and on the land. And I began to start thinking really deeply about the ocean and sort of all the gifts that she offered to us. And I felt really passionate that saving oceans was crucial for the survival of the planet. Our next guest is in honor of Earth Day, Barb. Angela Nardo Morgan, educator, activist, one of my inspirations, and she also sings with me. I love it. The other thing that I'm really looking forward to talking to her about is how she stays inspired with all of the work that she does. Yeah. Hi, Angela. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, Barb and Vicki. It is really wonderful to be here with both of you. Oh, thank you, Angela. This is great. We finally got together. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> Angela, do you do you remember the first Earth Day? Do you remember when that happened? I do or remember when? that. I was in really? college. Yeah. Yes. The air was dirty. The water was dirty. And you know, there were no laws at that time to regulate anything, air or water. Uh, and so this movement ignited the environmental movement. So yeah. we have this wonderful man, Gaylord Nelson, to thank for that. Uh, he was the governor of Wisconsin, and he was a U.S. senator for 18 years. And he said, let's do an Earth Day. Mm. Let's protest what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And it grew into this worldwide celebration for the planet. Yeah. What do you think about the influence of the book Silent Spring, too? Oh, my God. Rachel Carson was one of my biggest influencers. Through this book, she described the devastating environmental impacts of pesticides. Right. She called them the killers of life. And mm -hmm. it, it was really a seminal scientific book for its time. And the great thing about that book that I loved is that it addressed very deep, scientific, complex topics, but she wrote it in a way that even kids could understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. And remember the Peter, Paul, and Mary song to the uh, just a little boy standing in the rain, the gentle rain that lasts for years. I don't know that song. No, it's about the acid rain falling on us. It's oh. really oh. bittersweet song. Yeah. 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 You know, it, <laughs> there's just so many inspiring people along the way that just, you know, created the steps for, for all of us to you walk up. Such a good attitude. I need to be reminded <laughs> to see how far we come because I get frustrated yeah. 50 years later, I have yeah. to protest for the same damn thing. <laughs> I know, I know. It, but it is, is it the same thing? It, it's evolved, I think. And, and as I said, I think we owe it to these people that dedicated their lives to this work. And, oh, and gosh, you yeah. know, I've, I've been really lucky to meet a few of them. It's encouraging to think, you know, the perspective that you have 
um, the things have changed. That is nice to hear because it is hard to, oh, they have. if you don't yeah. see that, it just can feel like you said, Barb, like nothing ever changes. Here we are again. You're right. There's, there's wonderful work being done by, and there are yeah. thousands, millions of people who really care. I, you know, I think the media tends to, it is turned into yeah. hyper sensationalism. Like what is the most terrifying, what is the worst story we can come mm -hmm. up with to sell, you know, a story. And, and yeah. so they put out, it, it's just all, you know, dire, dire, dire. It's very seldom that you'll see either something that's in depth, intellectual, scientific, mm -hmm. or real on the news. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like I've encouraged my son, please take a break from the news. Please be aware of what you're hearing and just know that not everything is the truth, you know, dig deeper because what you're hearing is not always what the reality is. Usually it's not the reality. Yeah. Um, so be discerning, you know, and do but your also, due diligence. We don't want people to think that they don't need to take action, that, that right. everything's going to be fine. And it's right. not. We all need to do something. In fact, Vicki and I were talking about that, the idea of, even if we can do one small thing, like mm -hmm. pick, mm -hmm. pick one thing, like eliminate the plastics in your life, yeah. maybe, or. I, I will say that's probably the smallest thing you can do for the ocean, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, do you remember Al Gore and an inconvenient truth? Oh gosh, had yeah. That, yeah. That movie, yep. you know, he had this really great quote and I think it was something like, use your, use your voice, use your vote, use your choice. So, um, you know, I, I would often get this question 25 years ago from my students, like, I'm only one person, what can I do? I can't really make a difference. Look around at who your friends, who your family, who your coworkers are, and just encourage them to make the planet a better place. Like, how, how do you reduce your carbon pollution and emissions? Um, there's a really good, I think it's a global movement called Count Us In, and you can go to their website and they give you all these practical steps on how to act more boldly on climate. Cool. And I think the most important thing is educating very young children. I do a project every year as a volunteer, salmon in the classroom, and we bring these little salmon eggs and they have a tank and they grow the little eggs and then they release them into the creek, the salmon. And so we talk about everything. We talk about ecosystems and climate change and water and drought. And so they're learning about the future and they're having some tools that they can use as they grow up. And we talk about, you know, how do you, you know, a lot of them are concerned about climate change and the drought and what, what can they do? And, you know, you can turn off the water when you brush your teeth and you can turn off the lights. You can tell your parents to, you know, get an electric car. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I may have to reevaluate where, where, my, where my donations are going. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good thing to look at that. I think it's yeah. a good thing to be um, aware. Where is the best place to go and, and do your due diligence? That's a really good question. It's, it's hard. It's hard to figure that one out. You can go to a place called Charity Navigator. There's also GuideStar and you can get the ratings and they're reliable. Mm -hmm. We have the highest rating on Charity Navigator, cool. but you don't get that unless all your ducks are in a row. Yeah. You have a nonprofit. 
I do. How, how does one create uh, a nonprofit to help save the oceans? Actually, I, I didn't create it. Um, it was uh, something that I actually got hired to um, mm. be a part of. It's called Marine Conservation Institute. And it's, uh, it started out in Seattle. I was lucky to be hired at the time to actually work in their, uh, what was it called? Marine Historical Ecology Grants Program. Most of my life had been spent doing terrestrial work, doing land work, working with watersheds and rivers and on the land. And I began to start thinking really deeply about the ocean and sort of all the gifts that she offered to us. Mm -hmm. And I felt really passionate that saving oceans was crucial for the survival of the planet. So yeah. I'm really glad I got this great opportunity to work for this amazing place, Marine Conservation Institute. Mm -hmm. And they've been working for over 25 years saving wild ocean places. Then a couple of years ago, I think about three years ago, they hired me to do their um, development work. And they have some amazing programs, the MP Atlas, California Seamounts and Blue Parks. And they're trying to create a network of highly protected marine reserves across 30% of the ocean over the next decade. Mm. Um, it's really an honor to be a part of this group of really dedicated scientists who are working yeah. hard to fight climate change and protect uh, the ocean's most important places. And working there enabled me to meet some truly amazing individuals who inspired me. One of whom I know you know, her name is Jane Goodall. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. She, she's done a lot of crucial work to protect chimpanzees from extinction. Um, but she also helped redefine species conservation. And she works a lot with local people in the environment. And, and now she travels all over the world speaking. It was really interesting because I was like, oh my God, you are my hero. It was just amazing to meet her. Then she was like, no, you are my hero. The people that are working today in any kind of capacity to save the planet, those are the heroes. And she, wow. she said, you know, I know that you feel discouraged. And I, I look at, she was eight, she's 80 some years old, maybe 83 yeah. years old, still traveling, still hopeful. And she said, I don't want you to give up. There's still time left. There's still time left to save the planet. There is still hope. Please don't give up. If we collectively work together, we can make this work. I mean, she was so inspiring. She's passing the torch to all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People talk about Mother Earth, mm -hmm. but actually life started in the sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Not on the land. And really the ocean is the mother to us all. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. When we don't think about how, how much pain she's in and sort of even the gifts that she gives us. I mean, literally... The air we breathe comes from the ocean. It produces like half the world's oxygen. You know, we think about planting trees and that is really important because it, mm -hmm. it gathers the carbon from the atmosphere and we really need that right now. But what I think people don't understand is that the ocean actually gathers more carbon. We have small ocean life and we have massive ocean life mm -hmm. like whales. And when they die and they sink to the bottom, they're gathering all that carbon. It's a huge carbon sink, the ocean. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Wow. So and we've important. been treating it like a garbage can for centuries. We have. And, and it regulates <sighs> climate. It regulates weather patterns. It employs millions of people and it provides billions of dollars in like goods and services. It feeds us. It's got all these great fish. 
Uh, it provides us with recreation. And then on top of that, it has this astonishing biodiversity. There's so many, oh, yeah. there's so much abundance of life. And we don't see it because it's in the ocean. It's, it's this mysterious thing out there. People just don't understand. There's so much out there with the ocean. The number of species that actually live in the sea, mm-hmm. no one really knows what that number is. There, there's like 91% of the species species in the ocean still await description so yeah it's interesting yeah yeah, and it provides medicine yeah Mm -hmm. there's just so much to it yeah um and that's when I began to think more deeply about the ocean and you know all of her gifts and said you know I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into the ocean from the land (laughs) because I think that's that's a critical I know this sounds really corny and very unscientific but (laughs) I just believe that we have to evolve as a species. I mean, all of these billionaires are, I don't know if you saw the movie, Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that was the satire to me on on the future. You know, all these billionaires are running away. They could be putting this money into solving this problem. All we need are a few billion dollars to solve this. But what are they doing? They're going into space. <laughs> What's They're trying to find a new planet where they can I go hide. It's, it's that ego. <laughs> it's probably a big ego thing, but it's it's kind of, I think, ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I, I'm just wondering, like, you know, how you've had this long life's journey with this. How do you restore yourself? Like, because Barb and I were even talking today and even the first few minutes, right, Barb, we were getting really depressed, like about the war and the environment. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things to be mad at. You know, going there's, to yeah, there are. And there's a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot of environmental destruction and there's just so much unhappiness and like you said there's just a lot to be really depressed about yeah Um, for me personally I think everybody has to look at this personally I'm really lucky I have a great family I can rely on I have my son and my husband I have amazing friends I meditate and I think my greatest solace is going out in nature Mm -hmm. and just like today I took a long hike up to a beautiful lake called Fern Lake Um, the trees there were redwoods and oaks and there's an old there's an ancient tree there called the grandmother tree I think Barb knows about it oh yeah it's it's a a thousand years old and you can just get you know, incredible energy from nature. Nature is restorative. What's fun about, um, you know, writing video books, all the stuff that we're doing and including podcasts is they're kind of like a little time capsule. What would you want your son Bodhi to know about you? I would want him to know, even though I had to give up some things like working towards a PhD and some other kinds of things in my life, when he was born, it was the greatest gift I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. But he was the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. We had some challenges. He had some medical challenges. But honestly, because of that, I became a better person. I learned to become resilient. I learned to trust. I learned so many things from that experience with him. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. to him for that. And he turned out to be exceptionally amazing human being most and much of what I'm doing is for his future and the future of maybe his children Yeah, to make it a better planet, a more resilient planet. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how high powered, how great, how famous, 
what it's just this heart connection you have with this person that lived inside of you for nine months mm. and, and is now making his own adventure in the world. I feel the same way, even though I didn't yeah. get to raise Vicki, I feel like she is my greatest accomplishment. The world is such a better place for her being in it with Aww. her passion and her, <laughs> her drive and her yeah. courage. So yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, I agree too. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, it was really funny about that. I was teaching ecological feminism at the time I was pregnant. I got, pre I heard I was pregnant and I ran into the faculty room and I said, I'm pregnant and everybody's jumping up and down. And I said, but I knew it was a boy. And I said, but it's a boy and I'm teaching, eco I'm the eco feminist and I really wanted a little girl so I could teach her all. And my professor, my mentor looked up and kind of quizzically looked at me and said, Angela, what are you talking about? This is great. You can teach all this to the boy. <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, that's right. I could. Mm -hmm. He like you is a musician, Barb, and loves music and I think music saved him. <laughs> yeah, I really do. It can save us all. I think yeah, <laughs> it's isn't it incredible? Well, and Angela, you and I met through Threshold Choir. Yes, oh I was going to say that. And when Vicki asked me, that's another thing, music, because I'm not as musical as you. So I didn't feel comfortable saying not as a proficient musician as you are, but music. That's it's, not what counts. I know. I know. It's the heart. It's, it's the connection. Mm -hmm. In fact, we were just learning about how we resonate with other human beings. When we go to a bedside with love in our hearts and empathy, and we open our voices and sing, there's magic. Mm -hmm. There's magic. And I've learned and have gotten so much from these amazing women in this choir. It is just been so fabulous for me. And Barb, I wanted to tell you, I teach this uh, fourth grade class. And when we go out to the river and we release the fish, I sing the grandmother's song. Aww. I hear the voice of my grandmother calling me. That's such a great song. That was from the choir. And it's all about the environment. It totally is. And the grandmothers. So the history and the connection to nature. Yeah. And they request the song. <laughs> Good for them. So yeah, it's really, it's really been sweet. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm really grateful for both of you women. You're, you really hold up the planet. Oh, aren't you sweet? Well, we're all trying to do what we can. I'll see you soon, Barb. Bye, Vicki. Bye-bye. Bye, Angela. It's nice to hear that a scientist still has hope. Absolutely. I was excited to hear her mention meeting Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall was helped by Louis Leakey. His mother was a Bazit, <gasps> one of our relatives. Wow. It's surreal for me to hear you talk about our family. I know. It doesn't feel real that I, that I even know you still to hear about my family. And then it doesn't also feel really like my family either because of the adoption. I feel so separated from everyone. It's a very complicated series of emotions. 
It is, but I wouldn't think of saying it's my family without saying it's our family because you are related to. You're right. So it's kind of, I don't know what it is, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's beautiful. Speaking of adoption, our next podcast episode has another adoptee, Molly McLaurin, the transracial domestic adoptee and a twin. She is a light in the world. Yes. She's also a mom, a wife, and she's founder of Monarch Connections. She's really a supportive advocate for adoptees. And she's going to talk to us about how she finds strength through family, faith, and her uplifting work. That's going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I love you. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This is not intended to be a substitute for therapy. We are not medical or legal experts. We share our journey only to entertain and inform. So until next time, remember to listen to each other and be kind.